Welcome, and thank you for joining us on our latest installment of Women at Ropes Talk, a podcast series brought to you by the Women's Forum at Ropes and Gray. In this podcast, we spotlight extraordinary women who have had successful careers and interesting lives and are also making a positive impact in their workplaces and in their communities. We feature women attorneys at Ropes and Gray in conversation with prominent women clients, industry leaders, entrepreneurs, and others about their careers and what has led to their successes, the challenges they've faced, and the hard-earned wisdom they've acquired. I'm Paulita Pike, the managing partner of Ropes and Gray's Chicago office and a partner in the firm's asset management group. I represent every type of registered product, including open-end and closed-end funds, ETFs, funds of hedge funds, and funds investing in private equity. My work with investment advisors often involves structuring innovative investment products and navigating the regulatory and compliance hurdles associated with bringing these products to market. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to two people, each of whom is the force of nature in her own right. Adela Cepeda has had a 40-plus year career in finance, both in New York and in Chicago. She is a top-ranked municipal advisor in the U.S. and has served as a corporate finance executive at firms the likes of which are Smith, Barney, and others. Adela serves on a number of corporate and fund boards, including the BMO Financial Corp., the UBS Funds, the Mercer Funds, and the Pathway Funds. Most recently, Adela has co-founded Angeles Investors, the first investment club focused on funding Latinx startups. We represent Adela both in her role as the director of the Mercer Funds and also represent Angeles. Adela is not an attorney, but she has had a career that everyone should want to highlight and is certainly one of the savviest purchasers of legal services with whom we work. Speaking of savvy purchasers of legal services, the other force of nature who has agreed to be a guest today is Susan Ree. Susan is a senior vice president and general counsel of Jackson National Asset Management, affectionately known as JNAM. The fund group managed by JNAM has close to $200 billion under management and about 130 funds. I have worked with Susan since 2003 and can vouch for the fact that she is not only smart and practical, she is also a fantastic leader um, and just a pleasure to work with. Susan, as the general counsel of JNAM, is also the chief legal officer of the JNL funds, and we represent the funds and the independent trustees of those funds. Thank you both so very much for taking time to speak with us today. I'd like to just say at the start that we don't typically have two guests during these podcasts, but in the registered fund industry, there are two very important client bases. The general counsel of the investment advisor is critical to our relationship when we represent the advisor of the funds, its sponsors. The other important client base is represented by the independent directors to whom we report when we serve as fund counsel or independent directors counsel. I thought it would be important and interesting in exploring the incredibly successful careers of our two guests to touch on the two sides of the coin that are important to us when working in registered fund land. I also know that both Susan and Adela are focused on diversity on their teams and in the boardroom, and that it would be instructive to hear their thoughts on DE&I generally, as well as how they think of it when retaining outside counsel. So with this introduction, let's just jump into it. 
And uh, Susan, why don't we start with you? I think it would be um, really interesting to hear about your career trajectory, sort of how you got into the law, how you find yourself where you are, and, and really whether you expected that this would be where you where you found yourself after after so many years in practice. Well, thank you, Paulita, for uh, the invitation to uh, participate. I'm very excited to uh, be part of this. Um, I have been with Jackson National Asset Management, JNAM, as you uh, noted, for the last 21 years. Um, I've been general counsel for the last 11 years. Um, you know, I think I knew right away in high school that I wanted to go to law school, maybe because my mother just said that uh, I argued every little point during my teenage years and that I would make a great lawyer. Um, and I kind of said, hmm, that's not a bad idea and kind of ran with it. And uh, I'm very uh, rules-based. I'm, I like to know what is permitted, not permitted. I'm, I'm kind of type A that way. So it was actually a very natural fit. Um, I was very fortunate um, in my career that my first job out of law school was in the mutual fund space at uh, uh, 40-Act Fund Shop, and because uh, I love the industry, just continue focusing my career in this industry. Um, I came to Jackson in uh, 2000, and I have been here ever since, um, and I'm primarily responsible for the legal and compliance departments at, uh, at JNAM. After looking back 21 years, and I think, what, 18 years with you, Paulita, I kind of look back and uh, just feel very fortunate to have worked with so many people um, over the years that, uh, you know, have become friends, colleagues, um, and that I've just learned a ton from um, and, uh, and just uh, looking forward to what uh, lies ahead. I could see you as a young child sort of debating various issues with your mom, so that <laughs> that certainly rings true. Um, Adela, you clearly didn't have designs on the law, or you would have been a lawyer because uh, you could have been anything you wanted to, but um, really curious as to how you found your way to, to finance um, and what that career has looked like for you, and then how that um, also translated into your role on the board of um, so many different fund groups. Thank you, Paulita, and I'm, I'm so thrilled to uh, participate here uh, with you and with Susan. And uh, as an immigrant, I came to this country at the age of six. I think the objective my parents planted in my head was that I should be a doctor. But I think even in high school, I was talking about being an international lawyer. And I, I, I can't uh, remember why uh, senior year in college, I didn't apply to law school. I applied to business school. And I had already been heavily involved in business uh, all through my uh, college years. I was the manager of the travel group for students. Um, I worked every summer in business uh, internships. It looked like I might go work for AT&T. And after getting into business school, it was recommended that I take a couple of years off. And this is what got me into finance. Women at Harvard Business School supposedly had more difficulty with the quantitative aspects of the program. And the dean there suggested I take a two-year work program that involved as much quantitative analysis as possible. And so I went to work on Wall Street. In honesty, all the guys were doing that anyway. It was a little bit uh, foreign 
because the education I had was was more general in scope, and so I didn't learn accounting specifically. Uh, I didn't learn a lot of the um, basics that I would end up having to do day in and day out for many long hours as a Wall Street analyst. But that led to my interest in finance. It was just so challenging, and I wanted to I wanted to to be very comfortable in it as I was in in other fields. Uh, I had studied economics, but this was harder on a day-to-day basis. And that challenge kept me there for over a decade uh, as a Wall Street investment banker where, you know, I had to learn all about equities, fixed income products, uh, all all the tools that would help uh, a thriving company uh, succeed and access capital. Great deal of involvement with the capital markets. And that was also such an exciting aspect of of my career, being in the markets, trying to figure out when was a good time to enter, uh, to raise money for clients. I ended up using that tool all of my professional career uh, as an uh, ultimately the last 20 years as an advisor to municipalities seeking to enter the market. Um, so understanding deeply the bond market, but the markets are very related. So you have to know both. And uh, and then I got on a board as a young woman in, in my 30s. Um, in, in 1992, it was a closed-end fund. It was fixed income. It was convertibles. Convertibles are still kind of uh, a little bit different, And but I had sold a lot of those uh, as a concept to uh, growing companies. And that was my entry. And uh, one one situation led to another, uh, to where you know I'm I'm chairing three of of the boards right now, the the mutual fund boards. And I just uh, am fascinated. I, I learned so much. It's it's just a thrill when you work at something that you enjoy and you learn, it makes it so much easier. And it's great to work with you and your firm, Paulita, as well. Well, thank you, Adela. It is, it is our sincere privilege to to work with you. Um, you're just a, a terrific director, and the, the trajectory that you just related highlights just all that you bring to the table as the director. But I think it also highlights the idea that um, it is important in a, any career trajectory to really pursue the things that challenge us and that interest us, and those can take you um, in different in different directions, really, uh, and, and some unexpected ones, which was also sort of the point you were making, Susan. I, I don't think most attorneys grow up wanting to be a, a mutual fund lawyer, <laughs> and, and and yet you you found your you you have found yourself in that role, um, and and in that role, I'd be curious to hear sort of what what are you most proud of in your career to date and um and what do you think are, are some of your most notable accomplishments or wins or highlights or, or things that you're proud of let's see i would say as far as what i'm most uh proud of to date is that i've managed to keep uh the company that i love uh out of regulatory trouble <laughs> um you know i think you know that's really what my job is and uh i am blessed to work with an executive team who has been together um on average for about 
15, 16 years, which I think this day and age, that's not easy to find. Um, but that has all contributed to, you know, JNAM being able to, um, you know, constantly find ways to make sure we're sort of uh, previewing what we think is coming down the pike regulatorily so we're um, ready. Um, and, you know, all the executives are all in on just being diligent, regardless of what their roles might be in the company. So um, from a legal perspective, I have to say um, that is what I am uh, most proud of uh, to date. From a personal perspective, I am so happy that uh, – my kids are somewhat normal <laughs> and sane. I have two teenagers and, you know, I, I have um, some young moms that I do work with and I'm sure you do too. And I feel like, you know, those times, you know, when my kids were little, it's been a couple of years now, but I feel like that was probably the most challenging. And I think it is for most uh, career professional that are women that are trying to sort of balance um, motherhood and um, developing their career trajectory and, um, you know, really focusing on both. And, you know, as anyone that has gone through will tell you that, you know, when someone says you can do both equally well, I don't think that's true. I think, yes, there are moments when you can do both well, but there'll be moments when you do one better than the other. But in the end, I think I've found over the last 20 years looking back, it all sort of evens out. And, I always tell the women that I'm working with that it might just seem so hard right now, especially when children are so small, um, that it's never going to pass, but it will. And I don't think there is a professional woman out there that has regretted sort of not sticking through it and sort of, you know, focusing on themselves when they needed to, to sort of get to where they needed to be. So from a, a personal basis, I had a ton of help, you know, family, friends, um, my my husband, um, and everything else. But I think uh, you have to find that support system. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things where um, when I am talking to young women who are starting their professions, I think uh, that's something that uh, I sort of try to focus on, that it's not always going to be this hard. And no matter how hard it is, you're going to thank yourself, you know, later when uh, you sort of get through it all. Susan, that is such an excellent point. All of us who um, are professional women but also uh, have children can can relate to, to that exact dynamic. And I think the message that you're conveying, which is if it's important to you, um, try to find a way to make it work, it certainly re resonates with me, um, as does the idea that it takes a support system It's uh, by ourselves. It's, it's something that's very hard to pull off. Uh, Adela, you too uh, have children, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on, on this point. Well, I have three children, and yeah, I would have to say that they are the proudest thing in my life, or, or, or what I am most proud of in my life. Um, and I had to raise them by myself the last 26 years. I've been a widow, and they were very young. But I always had such incredible support. Uh, even when my husband was sick for years, two, two or so years before he died, my mother stayed with me. She left her home to be here. I had an aunt who stayed with me while my children were young, like the first six years. And, and I always tried to have all kinds of help because I recognized that the career demanded a certain level of attention. 
and I had to prioritize. Uh, and, and I always encourage young women, you know, to get help. Of course, the best is, you know, when, when you have a partner that helps you along, that's, that's just uh, great in every respect. I wasn't lucky that way and uh, had to go it alone. And always it's the challenge of balancing everything. Um, and when they're younger, they, they don't understand why you can't be there. You know, even the soccer game, the recital, whatever it is, uh, and it was very hard to do it back uh, when I when my kids were young. I think that uh, one of the positive outcomes of this pandemic, and there are very few, but one of them is that women can do a lot more things remotely in 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 a professional career. This isn't true for other women in other careers, but uh, or in other work, but for professional women, this has become much more viable, and it's much clearer that a lot can be done uh, from a computer at home. And so, hopefully, uh, this will make it easier for women, both in finance and in the uh, asset management industry. You know, we've seen um, a lot of the work be done completely remotely. It's fascinating to me. Yeah, that is an, an excellent observation, of course, because there I think there there are a lot of uh, people out there, and I'm one of them, that thinks um, we will never go entirely back to the world as it existed. Um, there are likely to be some lasting changes, and depending on the profession or the industry, um, the changes may be more or less significant, but I think um, this pandemic has caused uh, people and professionals to sort of um, reevaluate a lot of premises that perhaps seem set, set, set in stone um, uh, pre-pandemic. You know, you both hit on, um, on the idea of the importance of support system in personal life um, when you're pursuing a career. Uh, I also have found, at least in the course of my career, that it's uh, almost equally important to have the, a, a professional support system, uh, whether it be in the form of mentorship, uh, advocacy, um, professional friends. Um, I'd be curious to hear, maybe we start with you, Adela, on um, the extent to which you found that in your career and the importance that that had and, and sort of where, where did you find it? Did, did you search it out? Did, you, did it find you? Did you develop it? Sort of how did that work for you? Right. Thanks. I, I didn't have a lot of mentors. There were such few women in the industry. So, but there were um, men in, you know, that I worked for that taught me a lot of the, um, essentials that took me to learn how to do new business. And, and so the next step in terms of generating business, I, I got to observe firsthand uh, and gave me a lot of room there to develop. Uh, so that was extremely helpful, different ones at different times. Uh, and throughout the career, uh, different people opening doors uh, for board positions, you know, um, uh, people that might have known me in a in in, in a nonprofit uh, board environment that thought that you know my handling of of certain uh, the finance committee matters uh, indicated a strength in this area and 
invited me to potentially join them on a corporate board position. As you know, Paulita, I'm very engaged in many organizations in Chicago and um, have had the opportunity that way to meet many people. And some of it is uh, spontaneous, and sometimes I identify interests and opportunities. And I'm, I'm not shy about asking about how does this happen? How are there opportunities there? Um, I, I ask and, and see what's available or am referred to other people. So that, that kind of, of network has helped me a great deal in terms of developing the board presence that I currently have. And it helped me in generating business for my firm as well. Um, I've had to be more on the outside, you know, seeking to build um, both a business and this presence in the boardroom. You know, two two things you mentioned, Adela, uh, that stand out particularly in, in your remarks. Um, one is um, that you get involved in things that you like and that um, you're interested in, and unexpectedly do- doors will open um, or doors that you didn't expect would open suddenly open and, and sort of that you walk through them, right? And you explore those possibilities because I, I think that for those of us who have been in the professional realm for a number of years, that's probably in some way a, a shared experience, even if it's in different realms or, or areas of professional life. And the other piece which you noted is um, that if there is something of interest, that it's it's important to to pursue it. I think you always have to be mindful of how you pursue it, and some situations are more delicate than others. But um, to really kind of identify the things that are of interest and and to go after them, um, which I think also is something that that resonates with me. Susan, how about um, your kind of professional support system? Did you find? Mentors uh, and advocates, was your experience maybe a little bit more like Adela's? Um, how, how would you describe um, that that piece of your trajectory? Um, I think because I've been um, at one firm for so long, a lot of uh, sort of my professional support system, I have to say, is was found through uh, JNAM. Um, my first mentor... Um, was an attorney actually at, at one of our outside counsel firms who has been in the uh, variable annuity space for decades. She has since retired the last five or six years, but um, you know, from a professional perspective, she was my first mentor. I mean, she was you know one of the first women to work um, at the SEC, um, so she was a trailblazer in her own right. So um, she really. Um, you know, sort of taught me to sort of stand my ground, um, especially when you're learning a new area of the law and insurance work definitely was not my area of expertise. You need someone to sort of uh, guide you not only legally, but also to sort of uh, uh, be able to speak confidently in something that you may not be 100% confident of, which you're only going to get after doing it for years and years. Um, I also had several women colleagues who uh, worked at Jackson who, you know, were all about the same age, but we had all had different work experiences. Um, One of my close friends who retired had come up through the law firm um, uh, trajectory, a more traditional route. And, you know, when you are working in this industry, um, you know, you 
are going to go through periods professionally where you're sort of questioning sort of, you know, what are your next steps? Do you stay? Do you go? You know, um, you know, what, what should I be doing at this juncture in my career? And those were the times when the the few women that, um, I had, I had befriended through, uh, work really, um, sort of uh, played a key role in uh, sort of a sanity check and uh, just even to, to talk about work-life balance, kids, um, and uh, and everything else. And then personally, um, you know, my number one is my sister. Um, she also is an attorney, but very different career path. She, uh, you know, works in M&A, but to my one job at Jackson in the last 20 years, she's probably had four or five. So we've had very different perspectives. Um, and so, um, you know, so she's always sort of my first go-to when, uh, you know, where I'm having a, a bit of a quandary of some sort. Um, so thankfully I've had, um, plenty of women that I've been able to sort of lean on and grow from over, um, the last couple of years and not to give slight to the, the men that have, you know, I've worked with, um, most of the men that I've worked with and grown from have been my, um, have been my bosses and, you know, my, you know, who I directly reported into very different personality styles. Um, I've learned from my first boss, you know, sort of, you don't have to be the loudest voice in the room um, to be heard. Um, He had much more of a low key type of style of management. Um, And so, you know, I, you know, I think one of the things he said to me, you don't have to be the bull in the China shop all the time. You can sort of get your message across, um, in a, in a different manner. Um, so I've had, um, one or two men that I really, um, have valued their, uh, advice over the years as well. What's interesting about everything you just relayed is, uh, that you have been exposed to a diversity of styles, a diversity of genders, a diversity of, of views. Um, and, um, it's a credit as much to those people uh, who've been involved in your trajectory as it is to you that you've realized that every person really kind of you're interacting with in a meaningful way has, has something you can take away and learn from and something that can contribute um, to sort of the way that you develop a, as a professional, which which is also something that, that resonates. Adela, I know that you didn't have um, all the mentorship and, and the experience with women that Susan did, but is there a piece of advice or something that somebody uh, said or did in the course of your career that has sort of stuck with you? Somebody pointed out that, you know, you have to really know what you're talking about. And, um, that seems like simple, and but I've never been one to assume, oh, I'll just wing it and tomorrow, you know, uh, I'll go to the meeting and I can do it. I'm, I, I'm very studious about what I have to do. And we were generalists in, in investment banking. We had to learn the industry, the company's position in it, and the company's finances before pitching an idea. And and so that that became kind of my discipline. I do a lot of homework before moving forward with an idea, uh, before execution. I really, you can't always know everything. That's impossible. But you have to really do good homework. Well, and that is so important because um, it's not always easy to say, I don't know. 
And, um, but, but what is within somebody's control is to prepare and to be as well prepared as possible. And that always, uh, tends to shine through. And I, I agree that it's an important attribute, um, in any career and any sort of professional trajectory. Um, I want to come back for a second and as we're beginning to wrap this up to the comment you made of Ella at the start, which is that you came to this country as an immigrant. Uh, I too have come to this country uh, as an immigrant. And Susan, I know that you have an, an immigrant story as well. And so I would love um, to hear uh, your thoughts. And, and Susan, why don't we begin with you? Uh, on diversity and specifically um, how you think about uh, diversity in your workplace, in your team, um, how you see diversity has played out on the JNL board, and and just your thoughts generally about DEI. Well, I think uh, the interesting about DEI is 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 how the definition of what it is in my mind has it continues to evolve. A couple of years ago, when you talked about diversity, I think, you know, the first thing that came to people's minds was more gender diversity. Um, and although that is still a goal um, that people are working for, especially in the asset management space, as we all know, it's it's expanded beyond that. Um, as far as the workplace goes, I mean, Jackson has been very... Um, dedicated and involved in sort of um, trying to bring this front and center. There is a tension in some respects in that, okay, so we are here from the DNI perspective, how do we sort of increase these numbers? Um, but until you are hiring someone or, you know, expanding your workforce, it's hard. Those are the only opportunities you sort of have in order to recruit people um, that have a diverse background than the current workforce that we have. As far as our my team goes um, in the legal department um, and in the compliance department, we um, have, I want to say, more women um, than men from a, a gender diversity perspective, which I think, you know, in the legal profession, you, I think you tend to find that um, from a lot of in-house um, positions. I guess from a diversity perspective, as an Asian American, I'm the only one <laughs> at this point um, for my group. Until we're ready to hire someone and expand our working group, unfortunately for my department, I don't see an opportunity. Um, but where there is opportunity is sort of is education. Jackson has created um, a lot of groups. Um, for people to participate in, um, to get exposed to, to just educate themselves. Um, and we've been um, really supportive, and there's executive um, sponsors for all of these uh, committees that we have. Um, as far as the JNL funds forward, I think we have a very good balance of uh, gender, uh, men and women ratio. I think we have a really good um, balance of um, even professional backgrounds, um, and, uh, you know, I think it's made the board um, definitely stronger. Um, they have very different perspectives on issues, which has been educational um, for management and for the board. Um, but most importantly, the board is um, 
you know, they're cognizant of the importance of DNI, and you know, whenever they are looking for trustees, that is one of the things that they do consider. Um, you know, our current board, we're not um, currently looking to expand the board, but I do think they are looking at it from a different perspective. They're looking at it from our um, service providers, our sub advisors. What are they doing for DNI? How are we? factoring that in our selection process. So there are other ways, if you can't do it in an objective measure of headcount, that you could still be a support uh, system and push through um, DNI initiatives at firms. Well, Susan, you're exactly right. And Adela, I know you have a lot of experience uh, on this uh, for many reasons, including in the fund boardroom, which can be and tends to be a little more fluid than, than operating companies. Um, how have you approached uh, DE&I as a fund director? So it comes from how I built my business, uh, which I had for over 20 years, and it was diverse from day one, not just because I was the founder and 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 president of it, but because I immediately hired diverse people. Uh, my, my first hire was an African-American young man, um, very bright, ended up having uh, a, a, a very strong career in, um, uh, in, in finance. Uh, and I became known as someone that would hire people from Wall Street uh, when uh, it, it is a fact uh, that on Wall Street with the ups and downs, during the downs, it's the minority professionals that go first, really. And so I, I would have access to people with great talent uh, and um, they, they would help me advance the firm. And I was very strong about their participation at the table as a director. It's great that I'm selected and I'm the first always, but I don't want to be the, the first and only for too long. And so the next opportunity to add a board member, I look for there to be another woman, another minority. And I've, I've been very direct about this, but I, I've also helped because I bring names to the table that are that can just change the perception of others around that may think, oh, well, we need a finance person or an, someone with an accounting background. There won't be a minority person in that. Well, you know there are, yes. And I'll bring you five or six names. And then, you know, then the, the choice becomes very clear and much easier to make, I think. And so I can say that all, all my boards, you know, there's a, a high degree of diversity on them. I'm very proud of that, by the way. Well, appropriately so. I think you've both highlighted um, the recognition that when diverse diversity of every type is represented, um, there is a wealth and a richness to the fabric of perspectives, discussion, um, and the path that either an organization or a board will follow. Um, and I can share with you that um, we are tremendously focused on the very issues and and recognize the very um, the very values that are embedded and the the benefits of having diverse perspectives at, at ropes and gray and and we too are working hard um, to increase the diverse representation at all 
at all levels of the firm, among all professionals, uh, attorneys, and and support staff. Um, so a lot more work to be done on that space uh, for for everybody. We think, but but you've got to start someplace. And you're both right that when the opportunity arises. Um, one, we ought to look for opportunities, but two, when there is an opportunity, um, it's important to be focused on that. So um, to wrap up, I think I would be totally remiss um, and really deprive our listeners of an important question if I didn't ask each of you the following. And Adela, why don't we start with you, which is, what advice do you offer women who are getting started in their careers? Is there a particular nugget uh, that you would leave us with? Learn the basics well. Learn them until you're comfortable describing them, doing it, and make sure it's something you enjoy because when you enjoy it, it really isn't work anymore, but learn it well. And I think that's the best advice I can give. I think the one thing that I would say um, going back to, you know, women starting, you know, their professional career and starting a family is that, you know, guilt is kind of a wasted emotion. Um, you know, there's nothing you can do. You're going to feel, have those feelings, but it's giving 100% to each role when you can and just knowing that you did your best and that that has to be enough. That's fantastic advice. Talk about a wealth of, of advice and, and richness of information. It's right here on this podcast. Um, and really, are, we are super grateful to both of you for having dedicated this time. We know you have very busy schedules, and um, this was just really terrific. Adela and Susan, thank you both so much. And as always, thanks to our listeners. For more information about Ropes and Grace Women Forum and our women attorneys, please visit www.ropesgray.com forward slash women. You can also subscribe to this series wherever you typically listen to podcasts, including on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>